Foster here, and welcome to the Brand Forward Leadership Podcast. I am the creator of the Big Brand Formula and president of Jerry Foster Branding, where we specialize in working with service-based entrepreneurs who want to create a big brand and a strong message that sells so you can excite, delight, and ignite your market and make it easier to get clients. So, Please stick around to the end of the show and we will share how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes or so. In the meantime, let's go. Okay, welcome everybody to the Brand Forward Leadership Podcast. I'm Jerry Foster, the big branding guy, also known as the Branding Evangelist. And oh my goodness, boy, do we have a special guest today coming all the way from Santa Barbara. Excuse me, San Diego. <laughs> we were just talking about Santa Barbara. <laughs> Kobe Goodman. But I love San Diego and I love Santa Barbara. Kobe, how you doing, guy? I am doing great. How are you today? I'm doing well, doing well. So if you don't mind, tell our audience what your company does. I help businesses stop hiring average candidates and start attracting, identifying, and onboarding impactful problem solvers. Oh, I like that. Problem solvers instead of employees. Yeah, there's a difference. There is a huge difference. So what led you to do this? Because I can, if we unravel this, there could be a <laughs> lot going on. I mean, what, give me a little context. Yeah. What's this all yeah. about? So the first business I ever started in earnest was a career coaching business. I had spent a previous life in corporate IT management um, it had risen through the ranks relatively quickly compared to my peers. Uh, towards the end of that 10-year, fell out of love with it and figured out, okay, what is next for me? How do I go out there and provide the kind of impact and value into the world that makes me proud? And as I did some self-introspection, as I kind of engaged with my network, it was finding out that I had this ability to communicate effectively, to connect impactfully. Um, and to advocate for self in a way that didn't feel ego-driven. I said, okay, that's a revelation I didn't really know. It was kind of a fishes and notes wet uh, experience. And so I took that and formalized some of that experience and intuition and, and education to help others do the same for themselves, to uh, go out there and find work they felt meaningful, to advocate for themselves in a traditional application and interview process. Um, to negotiate their value in earnest when it comes to finalizing an offer. Um, I did that for over a decade, uh, helped over 4,000 people, gave over 200 keynotes, workshops, and virtual education events, um, and really loved it. Now, throughout all that here, Jerry, I heard every horror story in the book when it came to poor application interview and hiring practices. Yeah. Um, I'm a little bit biased. I, I feel like my clients are ahead above the rest hmm. they are um, actively trying to better themselves they're willing to invest personal money time and energy into doing that and they're always looking to grow and move forward hmm. what i found is that managers unintentionally or intentionally were driving away these rock stars Ooh. and i said something has to be done about this the good companies are turning into bad companies Capable managers are turning, are turning into frustrated managers because they're not able to see what's exactly in front of them, hmm. or they're attracting the wrong kind of people in the first place. And so taking 
over a decade of client-side exposure to say, okay, how can a company, how can a leader better communicate the roles they're looking for, better identify, again, those rock stars and onboard people in a way that empowers them not to simply check a box and to do the job, but to be a proactive contributor to the business while relieving the most important pain points that manager needs, which is why they're bringing somebody on in the first place. Yes, well said, well said. So when you sort of look out in the industry, are there certain types of companies, certain size, are they manufacturers, service-based mm -hmm. retailers? Where's the hot spot here? Where, where do you kind of set your sights where you feel, hey, this, this is really where you need to make your impact? It's, it's people who are kind of accidental business owners, people who are, <laughs> who are really good at the technical thing, right? Whether it's the marketing, whether it's the service base, whether it's the home base or the home service business, whether it's, you know, you're a lawyer or a doctor or a dentist, right? Like you're so good at the technical thing yeah. that you might as well start your own business, but it doesn't mean you're really good at all those aspects of running a business. And a big part of that, especially if you want to make more money, spend less time and scale, and ultimately maybe have an exit for yourself at some point in your business, you need to bring on capable human beings. But nobody really teaches you how to do that. What I have found is that hiring practices, especially the poor ones, are uh, an example of generational trauma in the workforce, meaning... <laughs> We tend to hire how we've been hired before, how our previous bosses may have talked to us, hired us, asked us questions, and they're only hiring us because of the way that they've been hired. And so it's this, we can, we can go back generations and say, where is, the, where is this broken down? That's why we have generic questions. That's why every job posting you see out there looks and sounds the same, because we're not looking at how to change it effectively to meet candidates halfway. And ultimately, I, I think a lot of managers are looking at hiring as trying to limit risk versus trying to maximize return. Yeah. We think about it as, okay, don't ask these illegal questions or, you know, be HR compliant. Right. But, and so we're scared about doing the wrong thing in interviewing versus excited to ask the great questions and have a fruitful conversation. So what's a great question that brings forth a fruitful conversation as opposed to a bad question and a horrible conversation. Yeah. Bad. I'll, I'll take those in reverse. Bad question is one that can be rehearsed ahead of time because it's so cliche. It's so expected, right? Tell me about a time when you dealt with a difficult customer. Like tell me about a time you, you disagreed with the coworker, like all these things that these candidates know are coming. They are uh, hyper rehearsing. And so you're getting a performance in these conversations versus authentic human connection. So, and also I would say, I would I'd challenge your, uh, your listeners say, if you're getting generic questions back, mm -hmm. most likely you're asking a bad and generic question in the first place. Mm -hmm. Now, when it comes to good questions, right? Good questions help you understand a capability for somebody to solve your problem. And that comes in two parts. One, how are you stating the problem and uh, the honest truth problem, right? Because I think too many managers are saying, hey, it's, it's all roses and rainbows to work here. You're going to love it, right? So not only are you providing a false bill of goods, but you're not actually presenting the challenges that person is going to be facing. So, you know, for you, Jared, it's like, hey, like, 
we need people to go out there and and I know sell to enroll in our services. Um, and the challenge we're having is we're, ha we're having trouble breaking into, um, you know, service-based businesses in Southern California who are between five and 10 people. Oh, that's challenge. No, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I am, um, hypothetically, if you were hiring somebody, oh, okay. right, you want to share what your problem exactly is. Hey, uh -huh. we have this problem, right? We are looking to, you know, we're looking to onboard people who are struggling to expand between, you know, from six figures to seven, and they're working in these industries. Gotcha. Okay. Tell us about your exposure experience and maybe solving those kind of problems. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, tell us how you would go about trying to solve it. I gotcha. Because what a bad question does is it makes somebody repeat a story. Yeah. Whereas a good manager, you're looking to understand how somebody thinks and acts. Mm. You're looking for their logic. Mm. Get them to explain their logic to you. Yeah. And that's where you can find a winner. So, Colby, what's perpetuating this whole... Now, now, now you got me looking at how my... What kind of questions <laughs> am I asking? This is so crazy. You can do a whole thing about podcast questions. But when you, in your experience, what's perpetuating this problem of asking the worst questions, the wrong questions. I mean, are they lazy? They don't care. Are they just collecting a paycheck? I mean, what are your thoughts around what's keeping this sort of disease in place? Ah, I like that. Um, <laughs> he likes my one, I like that. I'm going to borrow that. Um, <laughs> the, I think it's, we just haven't, you know, it's been, well, ultimately we are not as leaders. We don't, tend to go deep mm. we don't have time we don't have patience we don't have the energy yeah we just need somebody to solve the problem we need, we need somebody to solve the problem now but we tend to go about it as what is their experience what is their you know uh education yeah and we're making it hard on ourselves to say what are their features and how can we benefit why not just skip to the chase mm -hmm. and i think the way the reason it's peppery, like I talked about before, is that it's because we've always done it this way. Yeah. Right. The 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 phrase of death when it comes to growth and market share is like, well, we just this is always we've done it. And like I mentioned before, I think a lot of the training around this practice in in business ownership and in business growth is about what not to do. Yeah. Versus here's how you can positively impact this process to get better results. Mm. I love that. I love that. So are these companies getting bad intel, bad advice around this whole area, or they just don't care? <laughs> because you just hit upon something very interesting, which I often wonder about. And that is, it's almost like they ask these superficial questions. And I start asking myself, are they not willing to really connect with someone? They just want to go through the motions or they just want to collect the paycheck. I mean, there's something yeah. that's got to be going. Or is it the leadership above them that's sort of driving yeah. all this? I think it's a couple things. One is that managers are so overextended right now. Yeah. I, I Firsthand knowledge of multiple times where a manager doesn't know they have an interview coming up with the candidate until the Outlook notification pops up on their screen Ugh. 10 minutes before the meeting starts. And so they're scrambling. They're trying to wrap up what they've been doing. They're scrambling to look at the application, the resume, look at 
what exact position I'm hiring for. And we just kind of default to the easy, right? So there's not a lot of preparation happening. There's not a lot of time and effort into the conversation. Yeah. But you mentioned before something I think is important is that, you know, are they lazy? Why does it say service level? I think managers are really scared mm. to put forth false positives, yeah. meaning I don't want to share too much because I don't want to tell the candidate what I want to be told in return. Yeah. And so it stays service level. You're ultimately making a candidate guess what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And it, it causes too much anxiety and stress for the candidate. And also, again, it's all luck. You're hoping that your rock star guesses, mm. which is not exactly the most sound or repeatable <laughs> process. And so it's about how do you, the way that I coached my one-on-one clients before is treat the interview as if you're, it's your first day on the job mm. versus it's an interview before you get the offer. Mm. What questions did you ask? How would you want to guide the conversation? And I would encourage managers to do the same is, what would you need to ask? What would you want to know so that you understand fully what this person can do for you? Yeah, I love that. I love that. So your ideal client is a company of what size in terms of revenue or number of clients? Um, no, revenue number, is number five, of employees. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, yeah. Number. Yeah. So revenue is over five hundred thousand dollars a year um, because that next hire is ideally going to bring another six figures in, mm. and you're getting to a point where a leader shouldn't should, needs to be wearing less hats versus more. Um, and I think, you know, 10 plus employees. Um, okay. And even, I mean, even below that, I, if you're hiring your first employee and you can think about this stuff now, more power to you. And I'd love to help you because what I really pride myself in and what I help my clients with and teach them is that this is a scalable strategy. Yeah. Right. Whether you're hiring employee number one or employee number 100 or employee number 1000, this process is applicable at every stage. Because again, you need to be hiring problem solvers. Exactly. Not simple cogs in the machine. But that also now gets to another deeper issue, which is how are they finding these people? Because when I, when I, and again, you're the expert. When I look at this (laughs) from a macro perspective, yep. Uh, they post something, submit a job application, and then and then they get all these people sort of jumping on it. And I start asking myself, man, how are you discerning? How are you even even going to attract a problem solver versus just someone looking for a job? Yeah. And I wonder, does that start at the top or is that the HR department or is it the manager? Because if they got so much going on, so much on their plate, mm-hmm. and they're, they're feeling overwhelmed, they may not even consider this to be an important thing for them to even take care of. What's, yeah. what, what, are your, what are your thoughts around that? So I think it needs to come of, not again, just like we talked before, when you're looking to hire somebody new, it's about not what you need them to do, but what problems you're encountering yeah. that makes you think we need a human being in this world today to fix it. A human being. Right? <laughs> what are the, pro- well, it, versus software versus automation versus, you know, all that stuff, right? Yeah. But it's like, we need a capable human to do this job. And it's not simply, and again, it's broken is that because we've been looking at, hey, but we need you to check these boxes to make us feel comfortable that you're worthy for the role. Yes. And there's such a gap there. 
right? And so it starts with a getting total clarity and something we I start off with all my clients of what exactly do you need this role? What do you need them to solve? What challenges do you want them to address? What issues do you want them to uh, resolve? And what what opportunities that are currently missed do you want them to pounce on? Yes, right. Because then you come at you that allows me to develop a job posting that stands over the rest, right? That is not simply just a laundry list of boxes to check. It is a conversation that is started off with a candidate says, this is what we're looking for. This is how we need you to help us Mm. versus this is what you get to do for us for the pleasure of working for us, right? Like this holier than now approach that can come across really easily. And for you, Jerry, as a branding expert, you know, yes, we need to brand to our clients, right? That's how we bring in revenue. But if we want to serve those clients effectively and make the impact that we want, we also need to brand ourselves to our future and current employees. Oh, oh amen, brother. Listen to you. <laughs> it's all about the brand, which speaks to the vision and the mission that that leader at the top, he or she has set forth mm-hmm. so that it trickles down so that there's ownership, yeah. right? From the from the masses, from the troops, so to speak, mm. to rally around the flag to bring that to pass. However, if the top is not speaking this, then how can they even expect these managers? Yeah, you know. And, it, I, and the conversations I lead are focusing on what are your pain points? Exactly. What is frustrating you? And what have you done in the past to try to fix that? And a lot of times it's, well, we're looking for somebody with this education or this certification or who has had this exact success in this exact kind of company previously, right? It's like, okay, well, you're looking to plug and play. And unless you have a plan, it's, it's not really going to work. Yeah. And so what I'm doing here is I'm flipping it on its head and saying, okay, you want these problems solved. Then why are you simply asking for them to do this work? Ask them to solve these problems. Get clear on, on the problems they want you to solve, right? And th- and let them come to you with innovative, out-of-the-box, effective solutions. Exactly. Don't Again, don't try to dictate work, present challenges, because that also then gets you a higher quality of candidate who simply doesn't want a, a job to want to paycheck. You want, want somebody who is searching for positive stress, you stress, right, versus de-stress. And somebody who was looking to build and be a part of something bigger. I love that. I love that. Now, you must have a ton of client success stories. Is there one that you are particularly proud of that you can share with us? Yeah. Um, so just last month, I worked with a, a boutique law firm here in San Diego who um, had unexpectedly uh, found themselves without a paralegal. Um they had found their previous one uh, through uh, weeknight softball league, in all honesty. And so they had never really been through a formal hiring process and a formal em- uh, employer branding evaluation. And they came to me pretty desperate. And okay. I said, all right, like, again, like, what have you done? And they and they sent me over their, their previous job posting. And it was just like every other one, indistinguishable a laundry list, it, and it didn't separate themselves out and it didn't get anybody excited about engagement. And so I work with them and say, again, what problems do you really want to solve? Yeah. And they're looking to scale in 2024. They got a nice influx of clientele and referral pipeline. And so they need people in the background to handle. And so not only do they need somebody to do all the legal process and the legal paperwork, 
They also wanted somebody who was operationally and process minded. They wanted somebody to help them scale process so that they could bring in maybe one, two, three more paralegals next year. And so I wrote them a job description that talked all about that. Hey, yes, we need you to fundamentally know all these legal operations. But where we're excited to work with you most on is helping us standardize, helping us optimize, looking at the puzzle of our business and say, how can we work smarter and not just harder? Mm-hmm. Through that, we got um, over 30 applications. And that may not sound like a lot to a lot of people out there, but my thing was I want to have a lower number of volume of applicants, but a much higher quality standard. Right. It allows us to impact, impact uh, intake more effectively because then I help on pre-screening. So I talked to every one of those 30 plus applicants um, because I felt like they were worthy because they checked all of our boxes, so to speak. But they also, I sprinkled in a couple of caveats. I said, email us, uh, email us your resume in your cover letter, put this exact title in the jo- in the subject line. And then also I need you to leave a voicemail at this kind of bo- this voicemail box and just introduce me over 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. What this allowed me to do was to easily get people out who are not detail oriented, who didn't read the whole thing, or who couldn't talk their way out of the phone out of a paperback. <laughs> and so the P- and so ultimately it's a lead generation process, right? I want the, I want high quality leads. And so I need to go have them go through a couple of hoops that I'm not getting 500, 1,000 applications then puts the burden on me and business ownership to go through all of that, get through 50 to 100, get sick of the process and just pick somebody because I'm over it. Hmm. Again, not a great way to go out there and um, and apply. So taking those people, pre-screening them, getting them in, they found a woman that they absolutely loved. She interviewed uh, on Monday about three in the afternoon uh, one of the principals called me and said, she's the one, let's write up an uh, offer letter for her. Something I do as well is develop offer letters that get accepted, kind of not only showcasing the monetary value these people are going to get, but also the emotional, the mental, and the career value they're going to get. Set it off to her next day, first thing. And uh, the unexpected happened. She politely declined. We were all very confused. So I picked up the phone and I called her and I said, hey, like, you know, we appreciate you interviewing with us. We really like to, you know, we're disappointed you're not going to come work with us. Can you kind of share us, give me some understanding of why you made the decision? She was more than happy to have a conversation. Hey, you guys were great. The experience was amazing. Like, I'm just looking for something more wholly legal. The operational thing sounds great, but just not for me long term. And I said, you know what? I totally get it. I appreciate your honesty. appreciate your time. Um, we're going to keep looking. But do you know anybody that you think may be a good fit? And she said, actually, yes, I do. Within five minutes, I had an email. I had a LinkedIn profile and I had a phone number. Pick up the phone, pre-screen that gentleman first thing. And he was actually interviewed and onboarded by the end of the week. And that, that, I think that, like I said, what I want you listeners to take away from that is that only happened because there was not only high expectations of both the company and the uh, candidate, but there was a positive candidate experience throughout every step of the process. So that she was willing to take my phone call, willing to spend 20 minutes to walk me through her thought process and trusted us and the reputation that we had provided her to say, hey, here is a friend of mine that I think would be a good fit, right? And 
this is somebody, you know, this new person has been on board for about a month. He is blowing the minds of the principals, helping them work way more efficiently. And he didn't even technically apply for the job, right? But it's all those steps in between that we have to make sure live up to the expectations of good candidates so that we can build up our pipeline. Um, so just because your number one rock star isn't a good match for you doesn't mean they can't help you find your next one. My goodness, man, what a great story. Ooh, I tell you, I tell you, this guy's a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, Colby, if people who are, are tuning in are loving this conversation and everything that they, that you're saying, how can they connect with you? What is, what's yeah. your URL? What are your socials? How can people yeah. learn about Colby in this work? I appreciate that, Jerry. Pop over to my website, bestfirstnow.com, where we help you hire the best. We help you hire them first, and we help you hire them now. Um, and then please reach out on LinkedIn, where I spend a majority of my social online time. Uh, the name is Colby Goodman, K-O-L-B-Y, Goodman, just like it sounds and just like I am. You must get a lot of Colby, Colby, K-O-B-E, right? <laughs> Colby Bryant, I know. Oh, my God. Well, listen, before we sign off, is there one more thing that you would like to leave with our audience? I, I think it's, I hope that I've helped your listeners today make a, a mindset shift. Next time you go post a position, again, are you asking for an employee who checks a box? Yeah. Or are you looking for a passionate problem solver to relieve your pain? Very good. Well said. Well, that says it all. Well, listen, thank you again for being here. And you are awesome. And my goodness, the world needs you, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. That means a lot coming from you. I appreciate that. Oh, that's very kind of you. And to our audience, thank you for tuning in today as well. And so until next time, this is Jerry Foster, the Big Branding Guy, also known as the Branding Evangelist, signing off. Jerry Foster here. Thank you so much for listening to my Brand Forward Leadership Podcast. Now, if you, if you are a successful service-based entrepreneur yourself and you've got amazing expertise, I mean services, skills, talents, and abilities that you offer through your company or yourself, and you've been in business for five, 10 years or more, and you would like to be a guest on this program, I would love to have you. Simply visit jerryfosterbranding.com forward slash brandforwardleadership forward slash apply, and I will certainly check you out and get to know you and so on and so forth. Now. Let me just add a couple of other things. Number one, if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media for me? And if so, just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your socials, okay? And number two, if you know someone that you feel would be a great guest, someone that I should meet and connect with and so on and so forth, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag BrandFordLeadership because I love seeing your posts. I love guest suggestions. That's how we all grow. That's how we all connect and make it through this world, which are through our relationships and our connections. And lastly, let me throw this in. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. I'm always on the lookout for not only great guests, but great content. And so therefore, because we're always putting great new stuff out, juicy stuff, make sure you don't miss any episodes 
in the future. So please go ahead and subscribe. And I also love what? I love support. I love love. <laughs> so your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. So if you can find it in your heart to go ahead and show me that kind of support and love, I would really appreciate it. And on a second note, if you would like to know more about me, the work that I do, simply go to my website at jerryfosterbranding.com or follow me on LinkedIn or Facebook at Jerry Foster Branding or Instagram at Jerry Foster Big Brand Man. Okay? Jerry Foster Big Brand Man. Again, thanks for listening. Until we see you the next time, take care.